on the edge of space before time began there was only the hubverse sprocketeers avenged clarity they dismantled obscurity they danced when the flywheel spun here we bring you the stories and the journeys to becoming the hubspot super admin in this episode, Mitch thanks his boxing coach. He outlines his data studio build, and he tells us how to wear a bow tie funnel. Welcome to the Becoming a HubSpot Super Admin podcast, powered by Sprocketeer, where we are championing the HubSpot Super Admin. With us today, we have Mitch Richards. He's running RevOps at Livingstone Group, and he's been a Sprocketeer since March 2022. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Grant. How you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, before we started on, we we're just chatting about where we're at, uh, different continents, different countries, and uh, even different different beverages. So maybe we'll get into that a little bit. Before we do, first question, tell us about your favorite HubSpot tool and why that's your favorite. Cool. So it would, it would probably be like the, the reporting entity, particularly the custom reports builder, I, I, would, I would say, um, in, a, in a previous mm. role. It's it saved my bacon on many 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 occasions, Grant. And I think <laughs> one one of the reasons is is that I, I it was in quite a, a fast paced role where I had many many different salespeople in, in different countries and different teams um, around around Europe, just constantly saying, "Hey, I need a report that has this 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 in it, and I need it like tomorrow or yesterday or something like that." And I'm I just got really, really good at writing reports really, really quickly in the custom tool builder, particularly when I needed to bring in different elements from different objects. So if I was doing some cross object reporting around um, how many deal records were associated to which companies belonging to, ah. to which to which teams around the world so that they can see where the crossovers are. And I'm like, yeah, cool. No problem. I'll do that right away. And um, it, it, it sort of, it, in a way, I suppose I became um, a little bit of a victim of my success with it because after, once once the business got wind that I was quite good at writing reports quickly, all of a sudden I was just I was just being asked to do it by more and more and more senior people, and um, <laughs> it just it just sort of cascaded into that. Okay, well now can you roll out HubSpot for the entire sales org um, across all of the countries in which we're present? And I'm like, oh, oh, I didn't really come in to do that, but yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> It's yeah, job so security, just, yeah. Mitch. <laughs> it is, yeah, it is. That is that is true. Always, always make sure that that you're irreplaceable, so that even even if people don't like you, mm -hmm. um, they're like, well, we can't get rid of them because no one else knows how to do this. And you're so, important. <laughs> so um, I just, I yeah, just think it's, it's you an should have said, oh, these take me so long, hours, like. I well, can't even lay out the process. <laughs> it takes so two you know, minutes. <laughs> do you know? Do you know what? Like, I actually, I went out for a drink with my old boss last night. This is really, and like, one of the first things he said to me was like, "Yeah, we got wind of that." Like, and I was, he was like, "I, I kept your secret for you," but because I'd be like sitting there, be like, "Oh, <laughs> yes, yeah, it's gonna take a couple of hours for me to get this from all these tables," and I'd like do the actual work in like five minutes, go and go and watch something on Netflix, uh, have a sandwich, <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> come back and do it to him. So. Just had a little That's bit of a laugh about that last night. <laughs> okay. Good good kickoff to <laughs> the podcast here, Mitch. What what we want to do basically is uh we want to put kind of a stake in the ground for right now. We want to go back to where you started with HubSpot and we'll talk about a couple things in between. Um and then we'll talk about the future. So give us a couple statements of uh, Livingstone, what it is you're doing right now, and, and how you see your role currently. Cool. Okay, so yeah, Livingstone's a really interesting business, actually. So I I've only been there for about four four months. Um, they they mm -hmm. do software asset management for um, some of its from the world's biggest businesses. I didn't know such a thing existed, but essentially what it is is the the world's biggest companies use. Enterprise software, Microsoft, the SAPs, the Oracles, all these sorts of things. Um, and it's really, really difficult to manage those estates if you've got like 200,000 people working for you. And there's this sort yeah. of this, this, there's this dichotomy between how much software I've bought, how much I've deployed in my environment, um, how much people are using, and actually whether or not I'm outside of my contractual obligations for, for that. Mm. And 
more often than not, businesses don't have a, a very, very clear idea of, of how that features. And what Livingston Group do is they go into these businesses and say, look, there, there, is, there are two things here. Yes, there is um, an opportunity to significantly reduce your expenditure on that right. software by, by right. renegotiating your contract so you've only got stuff that you need. And there is also this other huge looming specter of identifying risk. If you are using software in a way that you're not contractually allowed to do, you could be oh. hit with some significant um, significant overages and some significant unbudgeted cost. And for people in IT procurement and uh, and like senior IT, like that's a real problem because if I mm -hmm. if I'm not aware that one of my vendors is going to come and say like, well, we're going to audit you, and actually you now need to give us a hundred million dollars that you didn't bank on like that's a serious problem and and livingston are, are, are one such company that Heard. that tries very very hard to help businesses solve these problems um they're present in the united states and uh and europe and i've been brought in okay. um as their as their first RevOps hire actually so congrats they, man thanks Fantastic. yeah it's a, <laughs> it's a good place to be um yeah and even before I started, when I sat down with the chief executive to, to this guy called Chris Allen, actually, um, he, 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 he was already evangelized to this idea of these siloing everything and just having one, one platform that enables them to understand how we take someone from knowing absolutely nothing about this business all the way through to being mm -hmm. this business's biggest advocate and, and renewing a service with them year after year after year. Um, the only problem was is that they didn't they, they know that they, they knew that they wanted it they just didn't really know how to do it and like i've sort of developed this idea of using this this thing called bowtie funnel methodology um which is it's a SaaS sales methodology that helps businesses to understand the equal weighting that they right. need to give from acquisition to retention and i've i've specialized in building a set of tools and a methodology for taking that and just overlaying it across the life cycle stages in hubspot um, and that, that's what I presented to them. I was like, look, I, this is, this is what I do. I'd love to come and do it for you guys. And, and, and it sort of just, it just, it just clicked and it was, it was exactly what they wanted. Um, and so I've been, I've been busy doing that since July, um, started off, um, in, awesome. in, in the realms of, of marketing and demand gen, um, working with the SDR team to help them understand and just have a little bit more coherence around their, their systems and processes. So one of the things I introduced quite early right. on was was a pre-pipe that sits in front of the sales pipeline. And what that does is it sort of acts as a way for us to manage all of the different businesses that we want to prospect, but helps us to, to get all of our, our ducks in a row. I don't know if you use that expression in the US, but get everything yes, that we yes, need ready. Lovely, like it. Um, so, so that we can then have all of the information ready and have a real understanding as to whether or not they are now ready to start speaking to us about buying some, some products and services from us. Um, so that's where I'm at right now. I'm also currently doing discovery sessions with the senior sales team to to re-engineer their pipeline so that it um, mm -hmm. fits in more with um, the Lord and Savior Kyle Jepson's um, idea of, of making <laughs> each of those sales pipelines like a milestone and actually maybe having it very descriptive of like you move a deal into this stage when this specific thing or these specific set of actions have been completed and treating your pipeline like that so that it's a the way that Kyle describes it, uh, which I always love, is like it's a framework that allows you to 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 sell in the way that you want to, but in exchange mm -hmm. for that, um, allows us to be able to to report and forecast um, appropriately. So I always say to the sales guys, like I only really care about four things from you guys. I care about what you're selling, mm. who you're selling it to, how much you're selling it for, and when you reckon you're closing it. I that and that's all I ask them for. Right? And I, and I the dream is is to allow that loose framework to just let them operate in and be comfortable and, and do what they do best, which is, which is sell, sell, sell these services to, to, to large, large businesses. It sounds Mitch, like you're, you're focused on, on doing a listening tour to see and understand what's going on, but also while you're doing that help frame the direction that you're going with the organization based on that bow tie framework overlaid on the, on the stages that you said. Yeah, I, I love that's, that's that exactly you're not saying I'm going to go fix everything <laughs> uh, because you can't fix everything. as you very well know. Yeah. One that definitely won't work. And two, uh, you can't know everything, let alone fix it all. 
Um, so kudos to you for going around and talking with people first and hearing about what they're doing, but also in the back of your mind, trying to show up with some value of, here's how I'd like to empower you to do better in, in this role. It sounds like, sounds like it's just loads of fun. And the way you're talking about it, you're just lighting up. It is, you know, it is, it is a lot of fun. And I sort of like, like, I, I view it very much as, as digital Lego in, in many respects. Like I love, I love, I, I love Lego. It's something that I've, I've always enjoyed ever since I was a little kid and do, doing, build, building these ideas in HubSpot. I use another tool called Lucid Chart, which is sort of like my, like my, my, my whiteboard, if you will, where I build out my pipelines and my workflows and things like that. And actually that's a really, really good tip. Like visualize what you're building in HubSpot before you build it. Because after you've then done the inevitable thing and just procrastinated loads and not bothered writing your documentation, you've got something to come back to as a visual aid to then put into your <laughs> documentation to help you to write it because you would have forgotten a lot of the shit that you, sorry, a lot of the stuff that you put together before right, right. before doing that. So I've, I've always, I'm, I'm so lazy with writing documentation. So I'll always do it all in Lucid Chart first. And then once I've implemented everything, come back and write my documentation afterwards with that as like the framework and guide. And I'm, yeah, so again, that's another thing that's that saved me a lot when it comes to taking your ideas and, and, and actualizing them and then managing compliance, which is which is the trickiest part and making sure that people are aligned to your processes and can and keep keep working towards them and, and working within them. Love to hear what you're doing now. So take us back then. What was your first HubSpot role? What were you doing? How did you get there? And then after oh. that, we'll go into some in between. But what was the first thing you did when you were using HubSpot? That's, do you know what? Like it, I mean, how far back do you want to go? Um, so like, I never, I never really intended to have a proper. <laughs> I never really intended to have a proper job. Um, when I was when I was a teenager, um, <laughs> I was really into music, and uh, my my band uh, were looking at signing a record deal that was offered to us when when we were fifteen and sixteen. We were on English TV uh, playing and stuff. And so I was just like, oh, okay, well, cool. Like, I, I don't really need to, to finish high school. So I actually didn't actually, I, never, I, I don't have my, <laughs> do you, would you, what do you call that? The high school diploma in America? The GD. Diploma? Yeah. The oh, GED or diploma. GED, yeah. I, I actually, diploma, you can get yeah. The... I don't have the British equivalent of a GED. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm not going to need that. I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to play music for the rest of my life. And evidently that didn't, that didn't work. Um, so then, um, the next thing I did was I got, I, I got really interested in, in marketing. Um, and so I got, I got a, a, an entry level marketing job and, um, it, a lot of it was just, it was paper-based. Um, it was, it was direct mail. It was things mm -hmm. like that. And I was, I was working for a kid's charity and, um, a lot of it, it was direct mail. It was, it was those sorts of things. It was sending out welcome packs and information packs to people. And I was like, man, this is costing a lot of money. Right. It's taking me a lot of time. Um, right. So then I went to, I went to my boss and I said, um, like, can we have a go at like doing this of like, like some videos and emails instead? And I was like, well, yeah, we can, we can test it. So then I was like, okay, cool. Well, I'm just going to go and I'm going to try and deploy this with um with some videos right. that i made um like roped in a couple of people who work for the same kids charity to star in the videos um one of which is now my wife um and um <laughs> yeah we, so that, that's another funny story yeah we have we have a three-year-old daughter together <laughs> as well so that's you know that's one, one of those weird things um Fantastic. that happens in life and and so so i did that and the, the end result was that when we measured when we measured the the retention rates um from people receiving the paper-based stuff which was quite expensive to produce and took a long time to get right and also took yeah. a long time to try and work out and measure when we compared that with people receiving the digital stuff there was no difference in 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 in, in retention rates they were they were all exactly the same so actually it made more sense to do it digitally and so that that was then sort of like the makings of a of, of the first sort of digitally mm. deployed retention campaign and so moved on from 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 there and started getting more into digital marketing and it was just churning out email campaigns in the same vein as, as churning out these these dm camp these direct marketing campaigns and i'm lazy so i was like <laughs> look, I, I'm, I can't i can't I I'm, I'm not i'm not spending my entire life like coming up with different like email campaigns and just turning them out like why can't we why can't we do this mm -hmm. as like a journey and like make it so that we've got like like a, a like a brand new person for example 
we just design a journey for them, trigger those emails automatically, and and, and boom, see see what happens. And so, like again, I asked, and it's like, hey, look, can I can I can I go and do that? Because we've got this 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 tech. It's called Optimove. It was like a a marketing automation suite. Um, so I went ahead mm-hmm. and, and started deploying these things via automation. I was like, wicked! I've got so much more time now to like break down these things with marketing automation and, and understand the results in aggregate. And actually, that's far more powerful than spending all this time trying to break down the results of email campaigns that are sent to different people on different days at different times with different things. And it's just a bit of a mm-hmm. soup. So um, got into that. And then right, right. Um, I, um, I, I I left that role. Actually, technically, I was fired from that role. Um, and I then went to go and work for uh, a venture builder called Blenheim Chowcott. And Blenheim Chowcott, this really, really awesome global business who own about 25 different digital businesses, all the way from like um, education technology through to fintech. They own a cricket team, two cricket teams actually now, um, and a record okay, label as okay. well, which which I which which you know like spoke to me as a as a, as a musician. So anyway, I went there to, to go and work in the go to market team specifically as someone who who knows about marketing automation. And they said, um, "You ever used HubSpot before?" And I'd heard of it, but I'd never used it. So I was like, yeah, yeah, love HubSpot. Absolutely awesome platform. Love it. Uh, I was just give me the job. Like, um, and they're like, oh, it's really good that you know your way around HubSpot. And I was like, yeah. Um, so um, got in there, obviously never having actually used HubSpot before and just like knowing that what it was and it was a bit orange and that. And um, mm-hmm. so what I did was I got straight in there and I was like, right, right, I do actually need to learn how to use this so that they know that I'm not a blagger. I don't know if you use the word blagger, like fake right. it you make right. it, like. In, in the state right. but yeah anyway um so i've gotten there and i started i started checking out kyle's certifications and the first one i did was the was the sales software um certification and um and and and, and, and you know like this is my first introduction to, to kyle kyle jepson and i was like i really really like like the cut of this guy's jib he's just like kind of like a he's kind of uh-huh. like a happy-go-lucky like geeky guy like similar energy just to me i think guy. and like is yeah and, and so i was just like wow like i i want to i want to be like that with teaching people in this business how to use how to use this tool that that's how i want to that's how i want to be and so i did like three or four certifications back to back and then and i and i whilst mm-hmm. i was working with the different businesses in the portfolio to understand at, at the time it was more theoretical stuff around like marketing automation as a as a concept rather than the actual tools until i'd learned how to use the tools properly and um mm-hmm. Then a weird package turned up on my desk grant, and I was like, "Oh fuck, is this?" And so I opened it, and there was a handwritten note in it that said, "Mitch, congratulations on doing those certification, those four certifications back to back. That's really, really awesome that you've done it. Enjoy this T-shirt, Kyle." And I was like, "Fucking hell, Kyle sent me a T-shirt, and it was this like really, really, really cool um, HubSpot Academy T-shirt, like navy blue." I don't have it anymore, unfortunately. I wore it to death, but um, I was like, "Oh, this is this is ace." This I is love really, really that cool. you wore it out. And, like, <laughs> and I actually like I I mentioned <laughs> I, I messaged Kyle um, earlier this year, and I was like, "Kyle, like you did this to me," and I don't know if he was just saying it, but it was like, "Oh no way, I remember that." And I was like, "Oh, if you do, that's really sweet. That's really cool." Um, so anyway, that's sort of like my, my first introduction to to HubSpot. And to answer wow. your question in a very long winded way, the very first thing I did in HubSpot was my certifications. The very first thing I did in HubSpot was my certifications. Um, and that gave me the so, grounding to, to use the platform well, I guess. Marketing automation uh, was kind of this concept that sounds like Mitch, you fell into out of necessity. This is a thing I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be doing it on a repeating basis, I'm going to be doing it with so many people. Why can't I just automate it? So you build yeah. this thing. And then the job where HubSpot is going to be the platform on is now a tool that can do this for you. You're not having to cobble it together somehow with other tools. How fun that you had the practical experience of the need. And now you're, you're on this platform that kind of gives it to you all in one. Did you, it's, it's uh, during mad, your interview, did you play him? Um, did you play him some music? Um, I, I, I did <laughs> not. There was no, there was no call to, fortunately. Um, so, so, so yeah, well, probably for their sake more than anything, like the, the, the music that I'm, I'm really into is, 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 is progressive technical heavy metal. 
Um, so yeah, I, I can't imagine they would have enjoyed me sat there just like, <sighs> but yeah, or, or something like that. Um, yeah. With the record companies, you never know, right? Well, do you know what? Funnily enough, I actually the 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 record the record business within Blenheim Chalcott's portfolio. I then went on to be head of marketing and automation of for for a, for a spell um, shortly before I left the business. Um, so so yeah, that was yeah. Like I, I ended I ended That's up fun. getting to do what I wanted to do there um, anyway. And actually, the the chief executive of that business, a guy called Conrad Withy, he was the one who turned me on to this idea of bow tie funnel. And he sort of like said, "Well, look, this is this is how we want to." This is how we've been told that we want to measure things. Our, you know, the, the senior leadership team, the, the managing partners have said that they want us to all start using Bowtie Funnel. Like, how do we do that in mm -hmm. HubSpot? And, I, and that's when I had this epiphany. I was like, well, you can just overlay it onto those lifecycle stages. And then you've got, you've got pipelines to do certain stuff. You've got a lead scoring model to do the pre-sales bit. You've got a service hub to do the, the bit on the back end. And I was like, it just, it just sort of fits. It's like, uh, I know I've, there's, there's been other people that I've spoken to. Um, so Eamon Doheny, who works in, in, in sales in, in, in Dublin for, um, for HubSpot, someone, someone that I've gotten quite friendly with. He was my account manager when I was at, um, at Blenheim Chalcott. Mm -hmm. I sort of told him that idea and he said, well, that sounds, I'm not going to do an Irish accent because I don't, you know, I, I, I can't do it. <laughs> It'd be rude to. Um, but he said, well, that sounds like the flywheel on steroids. And I was like, it's exactly what it is. And then, so that's the, the, the terminology exactly. that I started using. Like, it is the flywheel on steroids. And, uh, oh. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's it, really. That's... I love that. <laughs> yeah. It does sound like as you progressed, there was just a, a tool in front of you that you were able to uh, maybe use Lucidchart on, right, which is now. But you were able to really visualize mentally and take those business processes and translate them. That seems to be your superpower. Um, which I'm, yeah, I'm saying I... you're not saying I'm saying it, <laughs> which is so cool to to hear and see. Yeah, that's, so that's a really nice through, way of Mitch. phrasing it. <laughs> walk us through some of the milestones. Then you did a really nice job of explaining getting to HubSpot. Uh, from from then to now, what are some of the other things that you've you've done that, as you look back, you you say I I'm that was crazy that I did that, or I'm proud of that accomplishment. Yeah, so I think a, a couple of different things. So I think the, the 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 best thing about HubSpot for me is that obviously the internal function of it gets you most of the way right. You know, the pipelines and reporting right, right. Get, gets you most of the way there. There are instances when you need to pull in third-party applications if you're doing something a little more bespoke. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and again, that, that's another great thing because it integrates with most things. And I think the thing that I was, I was probably most most proud of making once I sort of figured out HubSpot and I was thinking to myself, like, I am I am really, really good at this. So like, and, it's, and it was like pretty much the first thing. <laughs> it's pretty much the first thing that I had the confidence to be like, I am really, really, really good at using this tool and I love using this tool and I want to I teach everyone else to, to love this tool as much as I do. Um, Mm -hmm. What when I was at, at, uh, at Instrumental, um, the, uh, the the business, the the, the, the digital record label that Blenheim Chalcott um, was had, had uh, was responsible for, they needed to do a thing whereby they were understanding the relationship between which of their A and R guys were signing the most successful tracks, and the way that they managed success was streams from um, Spotify and YouTube and things like that. Um, okay. but there was a disconnect in the, well, how do we then pair up this data that we've got here in HubSpot appropriately so we can then interface with our, our distributor to, to understand the relationship between which, um, A&R person is generating the most, um, the most streams. So I was like, all right, cool. Um, well, firstly, what we need to do is we need to convert each of those opportunities into in, in, into separate sort of objects and we actually ended up doing that with um monday which is a project management system which they were then using monday.com yeah to get yeah. the other other project management tools are available of course um and um we, we <laughs> use that to um we we use that to to split out the um the ISRC codes, what's known as like the unique identifier for the for each track okay. that was signed, and we we use that as we use Monday.com as like a middle office, which they also use to uh, to manage uploading those tracks to the digital streaming services. 
So gotcha. HubSpot data fed into there, created deal records in monday.com. Uh, and then once the guys had split things out, um, that then those tracks then got uploaded to Spotify. I then used that data to interface in Google Data Studio and had two tables. One table, which we got from the distributors, which is all the streaming data with the ISRC codes. And then the other table consisting of the A&R manager who signed the track, which with data came from HubSpot against each other okay. so that we could then look at, okay, X A&R person signed these tracks and this is the streams on YouTube, Spotify, Amazon Music, Deezer, whatever. Um, over this period of right. time, um, I had a little bit of a help from their CTO because I didn't really know my way around Google Data Studio and and Big Data Query Studio. is yeah. So we used Big Query mm -hmm. rather than rather than G Sheets to to manage the the the, the join of the tables. Um, gotcha. And so we did that, and then I like made these kind of like cool looking like branded dashboards within Google Data Studio. Um, using the feed from the HubSpot data. And I was like, wow, this is like the most complex thing I've, I've, I've ever done. This is, this is really, really cool. And it was, it sort of, That's it, so cool. it wasn't perfect. Um, it had a lot of problems with it. It was slow to load, like some of the data was unreliable, but it gave them a basis for something and they could, it, like a skateboard, which they could then take and, and, and refine. And as, as, as far as I am aware, they have then taken that idea and they've got something that's a bit more bespoke now, but as a, as a nifty hack, it was, that was yeah. something that you know was, was was quite fun to make, and um, that's I so that, cool. I thought so. Uh, <laughs> I think so too. I think people listening, those of you listening, comment if you think that's cool. I mean, what you said, Mitch, I would love to see. For one, I would love to be walked through the back end of, and I would just geek out about having the proper data points flowing. Like the type of data you had to input, like that's that's fantastic. You got there. It's so cool. Well, like I say, it wasn't it wasn't perfect. It was a good skateboard, like it was a good like um, minimum viable product, um, uh, which you know, which is which has been taken away and, and, and refined. As far as I'm aware, um, I've not I've not spoken to those guys for for a little bit. I might drop Conrad a message and see see if they're if, if they're yeah. using it or if they got something better in the end. I hope they got something better. Um, cool business gotcha, though, gotcha. like a re really 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 cool idea with with with, with what they're doing. Um, so then moving on from there, I kind of like I. I, I just spent more time developing my, my processes for how we can take this notion of bow tie funnel and embed it in businesses. Um, every single time I took that idea and embedded bits of it in a business, I just got, I got, I got better at doing it. I found shortcuts. I'd like get inspiration from um, people that I speak to on the phone at HubSpot support. When I tell a client that, mm -hmm. I know how to do something. Actually, I don't, but I know someone who does. And so I phone up HubSpot support and nine times out of 10, they're like, yeah, don't worry about it. You can just do this. Um, cool. And then go back to the client. And, you know, they're, they're so happy that they've, they've gotten the solution. Um, they don't they don't necessarily know that I got it from, I, I, I did it in a way that they probably could have done by pressing the the big purple oh. um, help button in the bottom, in the bottom right hand corner of the screen. I, I feel like a lot of people just forget that exists and, in many ways, I'm happy because it's enabled me to make money, um, but it's also <laughs> a bit of a time. It's also a bit of a time bandit as well because it like it takes time away from you when you have to go and explain things to people and just say, "Hey, you know what? Just do us a favor and, and, and press that help button." There's people who know way more about this who aren't going to swear at you. Um, you know, you can chat them, but for some reason, they they would rather they they they, they prefer to talk to me. And and, and, and you know, there's something I suppose there's something inherently beautiful in that. But at the same time, I I just wish they wouldn't sometimes. <laughs> so the you you have some more job security there that people like to hear from you and talk to you and you take the time to actually find a answer to find a solution to help them move their business forward yeah, cheers and to I you like, on that oh thank you mate yeah i, I guess like like I guess like CRM admins of, of any kind, they're typically, they're, they're people that like enjoy solving problems. Like you sort of have to be, otherwise you can't really do the job. And so like when someone right. presents, presents a problem to you, like that's really exciting because that's go time. And I, 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 I like that I know at all well enough to be able to like look at it and go, okay, well actually I know how to solve that problem. But then also sometimes when they bring me a problem that I don't know how to solve, that's also great too, because then it enables my learning. And I can go away and, and, and learn a new skill. Um, Ops Hub actually is something that I've started to learn a little bit more about that I'd never used before and never really got. 
um but yeah i'm using i'm using that more and more now to to do funky things with um taking a date of one property and then using that to push out another date property by a set number of days like a uh, rev rec for example right. if, a, if a deal closes um before x date in the month i want to be able to estimate when we're going to start billing for that so i can i can use that parameter to shift out the date of when i think that that we're going to start billing for it and before i was doing that with now Zapier, you're talking our language <laughs> yes before i was doing that with Zap, before i was doing that with zapier which was it was all right but it was just a pain mm. in the ass to have to manage another third-party platform but in ops hub i'm like yeah right, this is right. really cool i love i love that data formatting feature so that's stuff i'm learning more about learning more about um chat flows and things like that which i've never really had cause to learn that much about before um we actually we were chatting just before we were recording this about this this thing that yep. my, my cto yep. brought to me earlier today to say look we really really want to use hubspot chat flows in our own proprietary um uh, customer facing software rather than some other platforms that are available because again like we we just want everything to be in one place as much as possible and we want that place to be hubspot right um so learning a little bit more about that i've done i've done like like basic chatbots on websites before but never done one in like a proprietary like piece of um of uh, of, of, of SaaS that we that you know that mm -hmm. we that we sell as a, a product to our customers so that that's kind of a cool that's like a new like fun fun dimension to it and then um service hub as well something that i've never really had much of a call to use before i've always done service hubby stuff okay. with with sales pipelines rather than with tickets but yeah. actually now I, I see like i see the beauty in being able to like not have a pipeline to do that when i'm like well actually why don't you use this ticketing system to do it and like now I've, i again like right. it, it's it's like having having those lovely light bulb moments where you think i used to do it this way and i quite liked it but actually i like that way more because it's it's, Ugh, it's, it's a beautiful. bit more suitable yeah what an awesome person you are mitch that the focus <laughs> is look at this beautiful new thing of a way to do it better you know so often it's keep with the same so often it's but we already have uh well that what does this change that it's like look at this beautiful new way we can do things so nicely and elegantly uh and and that's your focus it's uh it's beautiful to hear it just oozes out of you as you speak <laughs> Thank you, mate. i can't well, help it, but see it man it's it's sort of it's sort of the HubSpot way, I suppose, isn't it? Like because they they just they they right. unleash and like by the way, this is not a sales pitch for HubSpot to everyone out there. Like presumably you already love HubSpot because <laughs> you're watching this podcast. Go to the but... link in my bio. <laughs> yeah. yeah, have you got like an affiliate? Have you got an affiliate program um, grant for people? Because like you'd make a killing. Anyway, um, like I said, like it's sort of the HubSpot way because they're always like iterating, releasing new features. You've got the community functionality whereby people can say, "Hey, look, you can't do this in the HubSpot. This is making my life really hard. Can you please?" like get right. on and figure out how to do it and then you have like the village right. bearing their torches and pitchforks going yeah like you know <laughs> upvoting on things saying yeah I, I need you to do that too why haven't you done it yet fuck's sake these sorts of things and then hop yeah. sort of like get on it yeah we'll, we'll do it that sounds like a fantastic idea and then you like you know you you can you can like i used to phone up my account manager to get included in betas and things like that and now like you can do it through hubspot community as well and you can do it through you the, through the interface which is in itself is an awesome feature um genius so, um, yeah the ideas i think is so genius that they have the ideas forum uh we often in discord will post an idea and then we'll we'll post it and we'll link back and we'll say go vote for my thing we all need this <laughs> yeah it's so great to have a place where we can literally say look everyone's wanting this thing it, you, you have yeah they do a great job yeah I, I, just okay. getting on we were on discord. milestones <laughs> That, yeah, we were, weren't we? Well, actually, I, I suppose Sprocketeer in itself is a milestone, and we were just about to talk about the Discord there. Um, oh, but I, yeah. But, but I, I think, do you know what, that was, weirdly, that was a bit of a milestone for me as well, I suppose, when I, when I first saw that as HubSpot Super Admin back in, back in March of this year. Because, like, I'd gotten myself into this sort of arrogance where I was like, I don't think there's anyone else in the world like me. I don't think there's anyone else who, who cares about this as much as I do. I don't think there's anyone else who studies this holistic idea as well as I do. And I'm like, I just got myself into this mindset where I was like, no, I'm, I'm, like, you, a, I'm like, I'm like a unicorn. And then I found super admin. I'm like, Oh shit. No, there are people who are way better at this than me. <laughs> <laughs> there's always um, a bigger bear. Always. I was like, there's, and, there's always uh... someone who knows more Kung Fu. What there's that's from a movie, isn't it? I, I don't know. Um, yes. 
but, but, but there's always a bigger fish. Qui-Gon Jinn, I think, was in The Phantom Menace. Um, yeah, like, uh, and, and that's what I found with, with, with Sprocketeer. And like, in the early days, I was like, wow, like, I, I need to, I need to sit the, I need to sit the hell down. Like I, I, I know nothing like compared to a lot of these people. <laughs> and so like, and that's, that's a milestone for me. I was like, wow, like I've, I've humbled myself a little bit, but actually I've just accessed this insane environment of learning that is, I mean, like I love the HubSpot community, but the, the Sprocketeer discord is, it's so much more like live and dynamic and like at your fingertips. And I know I have a little bit of a problem with like the time zones because I know a lot of you guys are US based, but mm-hmm. I know I can like, mm-hmm. I can write something in there and get an answer from another HubSpot dork um, quicker than if I'd like contacted my account manager or if I'd gone for like community or something like that. And it's more fun too, because it's, 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 there's something to be said for getting advice from someone that's independent that doesn't, I mean, I love I love all the guys who work for HubSpot, but to, right, right. to to get that advice from another user, there's something a bit more. It's almost like a referral, I suppose. It's like it's it's almost worth more. It's like I I trust this person more than than the company because they found like a cool, slick way of doing something. I mean, like Carl Jepsen's in there as well, and he's always throwing in gems too. But like which which I love. Yeah, like, right, right. Um, I'm sure there are others as well that I, I'm I'm not familiar with. Like Kyle's always been my guy. Like I even I put Kyle in some of like my own internal training presentations as well. Like like I like I liken him mm-hmm. to Yoda um, a lot of the time. Um, <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't doesn't look like him, but he has the same level of knowledge in terms of you know being a being the Jedi Master of of using the tech. Um, he is. So I think yeah, like Sprocketeer is, is is probably another milestone for me in terms of like access to a different kind of learning and and people saying like ah like you probably need you should probably learn how to use this feature a little bit better or, or do this that and the other um and that sort of that's introduced me to all these people that are like me better than me most of the time that i didn't think existed before march of this year like i, I, like, I genuinely thought like am i really am i am i the saddest human being on the planet that i i'm the only person who loves this <laughs> stuff as much as this thousands of us thousands of us and like and yeah i i, I really like that mitch i'm the, i was the same way no way it's oh, okay. crazy like am i am i out here all alone nerding out and uh does no one care you know i, I found a couple people that did and then i was like okay well there's a couple of us i guess and it felt so refreshing, those couple people, to know that they nerd out just as much as I do. They know more than I do about things that I can learn from. I want to know more. Uh, and then all of a sudden, like you, it's just ballooned. There yeah. are so many, actually. I was so wrong. There's not a few. There are so many. I was yeah, so cool, happy. Isn't it? Yeah, me, me too. <laughs> yeah, like, like I, was, I have yeah. a, a space, a place. That's it. That's it. And actually, I think like I, I remember a message that you that you sent to me on LinkedIn shortly after I joined, which was like, yeah, I like I'm I I, I really want this to feel like a space where you like where, where you belong, and like it absolutely does. And I, I know it's the same for for so many other people who make make their living solely with this one piece of this one piece of software. Um, and I think that and it's right, that, that right. in itself is also really really cool. That it's like it's sort of like being being a modern day carpenter but like a modern day carpenter who only makes one specific kind of chair um but digitally well and like and i i just i i just i just really like it man like it's just it's, it's really cool like, at least <laughs> i think it's really cool okay mitch talk to us about some people so along the way along your journey here let's go back from the beginning to the end or or whoever just stands out um you've mentioned kyle uh, a few times you've mentioned a couple other people can you tell us the story of some of the people you're grateful for to have come across uh yeah 100 journey 100 yeah so i think the probably the first person that stands out is is a guy called john Sargent, who uh is the founder of think Ven, which is a business that i um i do i, I do i do some consulting for on, on, on hubspot from time to time mm-hmm. when when something interesting pops up i don't I don't do it so much anymore because I, I'm, I'm now in a position where I've, I've got a, a wonderful job where I'm able to give my, my family the standard of life that I feel they deserve. And I don't I don't need to hustle as much anymore, um, blessedly. Um, but like from time to time, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do. Thank you, mate. Like uh, from time to time, I'll do some, some consulting work. There. But anyway, like John, John was a hiring manager at Blenheim Chalcott and uh, I, I sort of, I, I, I blagged, I blagged my way into that job. There's no, there's no two ways about it, but, um, <laughs> he, he sort of, 
like we just struck up a, like a really really strong friendship and like and just worked very very well together and he, he gave me the time and 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 I had had the grace to allow me to make mistakes in my early days um but trying to teach these like up and coming like really really cool businesses how to use a piece of tech that they had purchased that actually i didn't really know how to use myself just yet and he he like had the mm-hmm. like i say he had had the grace to, to allow me to to do that um another person so um uh, there's a guy called ed abel who was uh cmo of um of modular finance who was one of the businesses uh, in the blender and charcoal portfolio i did a lot of work with um he he helped me to to understand what it was that i that i wanted to what i wanted to be what i wanted to achieve um like always great for bouncing ideas off of um he was another he was someone that helped me to understand like visualizing things in lucid chart and using that as a map mm. to to get you to where you need to be and like, i still chat to him from time to time now as well he's 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 a he he has his own business help with helping startups sort out their their go to market and, and growth strategies now um conrad witty uh, another person uh, and and his wife um abby um who who run uh, instrumental so conrad was the person who first turned me on to this idea of bow tie funnel and i was like all right cool i'm gonna i'm gonna read about that and then that's when i have my bow tie fun that's when i have my my epiphany around it and thought well this is a really yeah. really really powerful way of taking terminology that senior leadership people understand and overlaying it into a platform which uses terminology which they probably don't understand like they don't understand right uh, sql mql um opportunity customer evangelist they understand the the, the, the bow tie funnel tenants um so helping to embed that and actually hubspot kind of shafted me a bit here because now that you can rename life cycle stages like a lot of that just goes out the window but like i mean this yeah. is this is years ago now so it, you, know, you can now matter. customize them yeah and i'm like right right i mean that's great guys but Ugh. like i was making money doing that <laughs> you bastards um but um no it's great I'm, I'm kidding it's great functionality it's great functionality um so um yeah so uh, uh like uh yeah so, so comrade with also someone and uh and his wife abby who who, who really helped me out um to, to 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 realize that they also they they also gave me the computer that i'm using to talk to you uh on as well when when i left that business wow. so like look you can you can keep you can keep keep the computer and the monitor and i'm using those to, to this day so they're lovely people and and helped me to um un- thanks, again, understand thanks yeah, abby. Cheers, cheers comrade and abby thank you um, they helped me to understand what what it was that I wanted to to do and what what I wanted to be. Um, who else yet? Kyle Kyle Jepson, undoubtedly someone that um, was always like my go to. I don't know him really. Um, like I, you know, I'll message him and that. Like, but I'm not. You know, we're, he's, we're not on each other's Christmas card lists or nothing. Um, so I, I'll, I'll you know I'll, I, I learn a lot from his from his videos and his content. And I always find out about the new stuff from his LinkedIn. Um, like like many like many others do. Yeah. Um, Eamon Doheny, um, who was my account manager whilst I was at uh, Blenheim Chalcott. Um, he, he works on uh, like a, a, a agency partner um, sales. Um, really, really cool guy. You know, like okay. love having conversations with him. He, when I was looking for work and I was out of work and, and struggling to, to, to pay my mortgage and, and, and look after my wife and my, my daughter, he put me in touch with a lot of people saying, look, like people like you, Mitch, are quite hard to find people who know HubSpot are difficult to find and he, he put me in, in contact with like a bunch of different agencies and, and, and picked up a little bit of work so i could nice feed my family ultimately in a, in, in, a, in a time that was that, that was very very difficult that you know many many of us had during during covid uh, with, with that period of uncertainty mm-hmm. um who else who else well, well you in the sprocketeer community i think grant to an extent like it sort of unlocked like another level of of people that i i didn't know existed Thanks, that i am that i am like and it's you know that's enabled my my learning and development um certainly this year in, in quite a big way Received. that got a bit deep that got a bit too sincere didn't it <laughs> yeah demean me say something rude that'd be <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i've got i don't think i've got it in me grant to be I w- honest with you like <laughs> I super respect you. I mean, you gave a clear list with, uh, with, with clear reasoning behind each one, John, Ed, Conrad and Abby, Kyle, Eamon, uh, me, you, you, you have, you have things that have happened and you can recall them and talk through the story of them. You have the people in your life that helped you along the way, get there. Um, it seems like the intentionality, Mitch, 
for you is uh, is paramount because as you're saying these things and, and responding, uh, there's kind of this genuine nature about the, the way you respond. So I'm getting deep, so I'm going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, thank I mean, you just, for just being on that, that way. There is... It's fantastic. Oh, thank you, mate. I appreciate it. And like, same to you. I think, like, I think one one of the things I've noticed is that, like, and I think the same is is, is with you. Like, per, having having a bit of purpose just ha- does help you to do some amazing things. Um, there is actually there is another person that I wanted to talk about who has absolutely nothing to do with HubSpot, by the way. But it's just someone who has helped. I feel like helped me enable my life, and that's um, my old boxing coach, uh, a guy called Duke McKenzie, MBE, um, a former three weight world champion um there weren't there's, wow. there's, i think there's only like there's there's only two british people who have ever been able to do that and um yeah duke duke sort of he he, he took me under his wing I, I i boxed with him learned with him and like he just i i feel like i learned more from him about how how to be a good man um in in yeah. in all all aspects of your life be it work your family life um your your hobbies and pursuits and like his his way of thinking his mentality is something that i've tried to carry forward into even on a macro level, how how I talk to people and and, and engineer HubSpot instances for people, so um, I, I owe a lot to him as well. Certainly. Thanks, Duke. Thanks for all you did. You you helped produce a, a great man here. <laughs> all right, Mitch. Well, we're gonna <laughs> we're sure gonna I'm switch sure. over. <laughs> I'm saying it. I'm saying it. <laughs> you didn't say it. I did. <laughs> all right, Mitch. Twenty thirty two. 10 years from right now, which we only actually have a month, but Mitch 2032, what is he doing? What is he saying? Uh, if he's, he's here in this conversation, uh, what does he say to you? What does he remind you? What, what, uh, tell us what that conversation is like. Well, I mean, firstly, Mitch 2032 sounds like a presidential campaign. Not a very good one either. <laughs> um, We're here to announce. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, hopefully, hopefully not. Uh, yeah, hopefully it's the right Mitch. Um, I'll leave that there. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I don't want to get you. I don't want to get you in trouble. Like, just roll a hand grenade into your podcast and walk away. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, own the libs. Um, anyway, so <laughs> Mitch twenty thirty two. You're gonna have to cut that. You're gonna have to cut that. Um, so Mitch twenty thirty two. So. Do you know what I think that like as much as I love HubSpot and like I genuinely I do it's it's going to be my my go to platform. I own shares in HubSpot. Like I freely admit that to anyone. Um, I love it. Mm-hmm. I feel like where I want my career to go is probably more into a more a CRO, a Chief Revenue Officer role, and then like God willing, if if I'm if if I'm competent enough, that that of a Chief Executive one day perhaps. And in order to do that, I feel like where that's going to take me is is take me from this grounding of this bowtie funnel methodology, which actually is tech agnostic, yeah, and it should be tech agnostic. That methodology right. should be you right. should be able to take take that concept and enable any team anywhere in with any piece of tech, be it any of the big CRM marketing automation platforms. You you know them all. Like some are great, some are shite. Yep, yep. whatever. Um, so, so I think like where my career, where I want my career to take me then is is into this environment of being like a yeah look I I have a set of tools that I love and that I would always recommend people use, but actually coming from more of a place of like saying, the best system is the system that's configured the best, the best way that I have found to configure a system is using this methodology. Um, mm-hmm. I hope to be doing that in 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 twenty thirty two if I'm not like if I haven't won the lottery and, and retired and I'm just like hanging out with my, what will be a 13 year old daughter. No, fuck that. No, I'm going to be working. I'm going to be working. Yeah. Like, she's <laughs> do, 13, do I want to hang out with a 13 year old girl? Yeah. Like I, she's not going to want to spend, she's yeah. She's not going to want to, I'm a little girl. 13, with she's not going to want to hang out with a 40, 44 year old man. Um, I will be, yeah, I will be 44. Yeah. Um, the lottery so, um, year was like, uh, it was nearly 2 billion last jesus week. christ so, <laughs> if you if it's you almost too much get money, on that train it? it's almost right. too much money like what like what what do you do like literally <laughs> anything like you like you could leave you, you could like 
Yeah. I don't even. I, I, so I, barring if you gave me two million dollars, I, I genuinely do not know what I'd be. Able to, what I, I, I could tell you what I would do with that. Yeah, I mean, if you if you were given two million pounds or U.S. dollar, either way, invest that. You can live off the interest. You, now you just volunteer and enjoy your family. Yeah, exactly. That pay pay off your mortgage, like yeah, and then yeah. um, get on the gravy train. That's pretty much pretty much it. Then yeah. play music. Like, then well, strike back yeah. up your music career. Well, do you know? I, actually, I think what I would probably do actually is your volunteering thing. I'd, I'd spend time volunteering at, at our local boxing gym here, and I'd, I'd, I'd probably do my qualifications in in, in like training and, and spending time with kids because I've just seen the benefit that that sport has. With, with with people, yeah. so yeah, like uh, we've gone off topic a little bit, but yeah, I think I think that's probably what I'd do if you if you gave me two million quid, probably, yeah. Love it, love it. All right, uh, you you heard the announcement here first, Mitch twenty thirty two, he'll be running for some office. <laughs> Let's make it happen. We're kidding. We're kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mitch. For those listening. Uh, who want to reach out, where can they find you? Where's the best place to find you? Probably LinkedIn. Um, I would say or on or on the, the Sprocketeer um, Discord. Um, I don't use Facebook anymore. I don't think many people do, do they? Definitely don't oh, use great. Twitter. Not now. <laughs> Fuck me. Um, now. Yeah, so, so, so probably right, so head over LinkedIn. to head over to LinkedIn and search Mitch Richards. Yeah. Uh, tell him tell him that you heard him on the Sprocketeer podcast and that you will vote for him in his runoff. <laughs> like, yeah, like if it, if only if, you know if I was American actually, like I'd probably be like, yeah. I can do it. But um <laughs> I get a chance. I could I could be I could be governor, can't I? Like Schwarzenegger wasn't wasn't born in the states. So I could be a governor, but I don't think I could be president, right? Is that Mm. All right, cool. Governor, well, like, yeah, yeah, I could be governor of like Wyoming or something. <laughs> yeah. A beautiful scenery. You have to be in your state. You have to just live in the mountains. Well, I was sort of thinking like there's there's less people there, so I think it's easier to influence a smaller group of people to 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 do something than it is to influence a wider group. So I thought like Wyoming might be the only chance that I get. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Mitch, it's been a pleasure. Thank you much. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Thank you, mate. No, it's, it's been a, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you for um, thank you for having me on. It's been loads of fun. All right, Sprocketeers, thanks for listening, and until next time, spinny spinny. <laughs> <laughs>